0: Was a good friend of mine. Hello and welcome to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. My name is Kyle Case and I'll be your host on this amazing journey as we attempt to help you get the most out of your life. Joining me in our studio today is my co pilot, Lil Baron. Hey, Mr. Case. Lil Baron. <laughs> How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. I know. We're getting closer and closer to the games. In fact, registration, as you know, is closed. It is. But I do want to throw this out there again. I talked a little bit about it last week, but I want to mention it again. If you want to be a part of the games, it's not too late. Right. But you have to sign up (laughs) to be a volunteer. Because the sports are definitely closed. And boy, we could really use your help. We really As a volunteer. Athletes, Mm -hmm. family, locals. It takes about 3,000 volunteers to pull the games off. It really is an army of individuals. So there's so many ways to help. Mm -hmm. If you're interested in a specific sport, if you Mm -hmm. just really love basketball or volleyball or pickleball or softball, Mm -hmm. there is definitely a way for you to get involved there. If sports really aren't your thing, but you just (laughs) want to get all the endorphins and the mental health Mm -hmm. benefits that come with volunteering. Well, come on out and volunteer. We've yes. got you covered that way as well. <laughs> All you have to do to volunteer for the games is to go to SeniorGames.net and then click on volunteer. And it's uh, so easy to do. Um, and again, we, we could just we so could we, use your help. It, ta- sure it takes can. so so many people. So SeniorGames.net. We really appreciate what our volunteers do. We could not do the games without the time and the talent and the expertise that is donated. But we also want to say thank you. You know, even though there's no way for us to possibly repay all of that time that is put in, we do want to say thanks. Uh, when we can. So there are a few things that we're doing this year that yes. I think are kind of fun. Every volunteer for the Huntsman World Senior Games gets a t-shirt. Yes. And that's pretty standard across most sporting events and, and other volunteer opportunities. But uh, but we do see those t-shirts all over the place. <laughs>
1: we sure do. Here
0: locally, as well as even in other places. Yeah. So uh, you, we do get you a t-shirt. Um, in addition to that, though, our local Big Shots Golf, one of our great sponsors, mm-hmm. is offering a free round of mini golf and a burger and fries for all of our volunteers. Yeah. And uh, you're going to get a coupon and you can redeem that at your convenience anytime between uh, when the games start and December 31st. So you've got a few months there to put put a a plan together and work that out. And a huge thank you to Big Shots Golf for that as well. But Lil, that's not all. We've got more stuff. (laughs) All volunteers who sign up at SeniorGames.net will also be entered into a drawing for an ultra-lightweight Carbo Model X e-bike. Ooh, they're nice. These are nice. It's these bikes are valued at twenty seven hundred dollars, and we've got two of them to give away. So you register on uh, online at SeniorGames.net, you're automatically Mm -hmm. entered. And again, let me tell you, these bikes are awesome. Yeah, I've actually got them in my garage right now. Uh, They're just there ready to go. They are so light. I have my own e-bike. I love it. I love to ride it, but man, it's heavy. It's like a oh. hundred pounds. Oh. It's very heavy. It's hard oh. to get into the back of the truck. <laughs> it's just very, very heavy. If your battery ever goes dead, oh. it's a it's a long <laughs> lug to bring it back home. Right. These carbon Model X bikes, they fold up for easy transport and storage. They're also made of Japanese mesh EPS carbon fiber. Oh. And that's what makes them strong, but it is also what makes them light. Wow. They're so light. It's very easy to register. Uh, if we could, you know, count on you to to give us your help yeah. there. Just once again, check that out at SeniorGames.net. All the different options, and there are a ton of different options. Yeah, SeniorGames.net to register as yeah. a volunteer, and uh, that way you can still be involved yeah. in the games even though registration has already closed. <laughs> right, Lil today. Yes, our guest today, um, man. This week is National Suicide Prevention Week mm-hmm. in the United States. And we are grateful to visit with Mae Bradley. In 2010, May's daughter, Talise died by suicide. Mm-hmm. And that extraordinary trauma oh, and yeah. grief and suffering... Uh, that 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 cause motivated her and her family to create a nonprofit organization called LOSS, which stands for Loved Ones Suicide Survivors, where she serves as the CEO. The main purpose of LOSS is to offer a caring community to those who have lost someone they love to suicide. Mm -hmm. May is a married mother of three remaining children who are all actively involved in LOSS and helping out that way. May, welcome to the show.
1: May. Thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity to talk to you about something that's uh, a critical thing that that lots of people are dealing with and unfortunately the numbers are going up every year. Yeah.
0: yeah, for sure. Yeah. And uh, what a service that you're offering. And we're we're very uh, excited to visit with you and to learn a little bit more about how we can help mm-hmm. uh, in the community. Now, just to clarify, I want to make sure that we're using our terminology, that everybody understands what we're talking about. When we say, when we're referring to suicide survivors in this context, mm-hmm. we're referring to loved ones left behind yes. after someone uh, commit suicide or passes away by suicide. So that being said, May, what are the most common ways that suicide survivors typically cope
1: with this tragedy? Um, and I appreciate you pointing out the difference between a suicide survivor, or sometimes we call it a suicide loss survivor, as opposed to a suicide attempt survivor. Yeah. Because, you know, the support is needed for both groups. But it's a completely different kind of support. And when someone loses a loved one to suicide, um, you know, the uh, the loss, especially if it's a significant loved one, can be excruciatingly painful, and it's devastating, and it's traumatic. So it departs from the normal kind of grief that we feel when we lose someone, uh, you know, at the end of their life, or if we lose someone from a disease but it's anticipated, and um, when we lose uh, someone to suicide, there are uh, factors that come into play that can be cultural or religious. You know, we have social taboos surrounding suicide uh, that make our journey um, a lot more difficult. And and understanding and knowledge of uh, factors relating to suicide will certainly um, assist survivors along the road to recovery and make... The experience less bewildering and, and frightening. You know, some of these deaths have been anticipated. Uh, some people know that their loved one has been at risk because of mental health issues or life circumstances. Um, but you know, survivors are faced with a death that is usually unexpected and quite often violent. So there's a lot of shock and belief, uh, disbelief. Um, they're generally the initial reactions to the news, and the the reality of the loss will will gradually penetrate, and a variety of feelings will emerge. But these feelings may range from anger to guilt to denial, confusion, rejection, and so from there, um, we everybody copes in their their own different way. And unfortunately, some coping mechanisms that we've learned um, aren't always um, healthy, yeah. and so. That's what uh, we try to help them navigate their grief. So our core program at Lost Loved Ones Suicide Survivor Survivors is a support group, mm-hmm. um, and there's lots of documentation and evidence about the powerfulness and the um, uh, effects of peer support. I think I think the oldest support group that I know of is AA and they've been working for about a hundred years and have been very, very successful.
0: Yeah. And
1: it's only in the last decade or so that we are a little over a decade that we've had any data to, uh, you know, uncover some of the benefits of having support groups. So we provide five support groups across the state of Utah. And um, in those support groups, what we typically try to do because survivors um, <laughs> and I don't want to demean survivors, but, you know, we do some really um, not so healthy things to ourselves. We blame yeah. ourselves, mm-hmm. which you would never think of blaming yourself if you're like my mother died after having open heart surgery. Right. And there was no, I didn't, I didn't at all consider blaming myself for Anything that I you know would do wrong, I um, but after the death of my daughter, I spent a great deal of time, I mean, all the way back to when she was an infant, saying because she had had a burn injury when she was an infant, saying things like, Could I have handled that differently? Should I have done this? Should I as a teenager, should I have done that? Should I have? Why didn't I? You know, we look to ourselves after a suicide, especially parents. Parents are more inclined to do this. And so when survivors are dealing with feelings of um, guilt, um, we, you know, that's not, it's not our fault. We ultimately have to allow them their choice. It was their choice. But that's not an easy um, frame of mind to come to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sometimes we can, and it'll last a day, and then we're off again. Hmm. Um, and then there's also anger, because hmm. we feel angry with the person who um, left us.
0: Yeah, who made that decision, us. right? Yeah,
1: Who made that decision to go, and it takes us. I I think it took me several years to get to the point where I I mean, I understood why she went because I, I knew the conditions of her life, her mental health, where she was mentally, uh, the circumstances of her life, her physical health. There was multiple things playing into this uh, choice that she made. Um, I haven't felt a lot of anger, but some people do because especially spouses are inclined to do this. They want to know. Didn't I love them enough? Yeah. Yeah. Didn't they love me the way I thought they loved me? So, you know, we are dealing with um, some really strong emotions and not easy emotions to reconcile. Absolutely. You know, so we, we do have to deal with guilt. And one of the things that we try to do is, you know, in offering this comforting place, a supportive place, is to help them. Learn skills that will help them navigate their grief, navigate not only the grief, but part of the problem with a suicide death is that there's a terrific amount of trauma, mm-hmm. which is different than a normal, uh, you know, not out of order death. Like I say, I mean, I know some, you know, people are murdered, people die in car accidents, but with suicide, the complexities uh, leave us in a position where I think the SAMHSA report of 2015, the national report that came out in June of 2015, said that we are a demographic of grievers, of mourners, who are at risk for negative outcomes. And that goes all the way from sleeplessness to anxiety, depression. Uh, PTSD, because if you found your loved one, depending on the means that they right. used to carry yeah. out their suicide, how violent it was, you can be at risk for uh, PTSD. Mm-hmm. And um, so we we deal with a lot of different emotions and um, complications that are more complex than a normal what we would call a normal grief. Now, the uh, American Psychiatric Association said that the um, the death of a loved one to suicide is on par with a concentration camp experience.
0: Oh, and wow. On
1: the surface of that, I really have to think about that, because they don't look similar. Yeah. They're not even remotely similar on yeah. a physical plane. But where they rate them as uh, similar is on a um, is on a trauma scale, mm. so yeah. you know if you think about that,
0: That's it gives a pretty, you some it, insight. It, it's a pretty extreme experience yeah. for sure. I, yeah. I think you you've established that, and those uh, who have experienced that, I think, will uh, empathize
1: mm-hmm.
0: with that um, understatement
1: yeah. <laughs> of yeah. it being
0: a you know a yeah. very so extreme you, experience. You know,
1: when you do, when you consider that um, that comparison, that the level of trauma is. Um, because, you know, families will develop cope, uh, destructive coping mechanisms. They can hide, try hiding their pain, deny the feelings. They'll avoid it. They will, uh, some some families hide behind secrecy. Mm-hmm. Um, they will also distract from you know, they'll work too much. They'll exercise too much. Uh, just to be extremely busy and the, the one that we see a lot of is that they start self medicating yeah. and uh, because they can't they just can't cope with the pain and the questions and the trauma and so that 's why we have you know family, we we encourage people to go to their family physician um, we encourage people to go to a therapist because you know it can be as bad as family members blaming each other and its it 's not because these are bad people it 's just because it's a kind of a normal thing that humans being do, that when we're really in pain and hurting, we look around for somebody to blame it on. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, so therapy can help. But I really believe that the most powerful therapy, and, and it's not really therapy, but the most powerful tool that we can use is this peer support, because I've just personally and I have seen so uh, much improvement in, in people's lives and the um, the data and the surveys and research have started to um, you know, reinforce my personal beliefs that that peer support groups are incredibly, incredibly mm-hmm. powerful
0: now, now let's t- let's dig into that just a little bit. Um, you, you painted a a very, um, I think accurate and vibrant picture of what people go through the 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 feelings, the emotion, the trauma, um, you know all all of that I think you've you've laid out there. Um, but you, you've also found a way to um, battle through and go on and live your life and, and, and be able to help a lot of people and to be successful in the endeavors that you undertake. Um, your, uh, your experiences that group uh, peer uh, a therapy or, or, or working together as a group has been successful and helpful for you. Why do you suppose that is? Why is that uh, a type of therapy that really tends to um, make a difference for
1: people? Well, in our case, we um, there were so few resources. You know, we we really focused on suicide prevention, and of course, suicide prevention is very very complex. We have not had a lot of success because the re- the suicide rates. I think I just see, uh, saw the uh, CDC reports two or three weeks ago about 2022, and of course, they went up again. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't quote them. Um, Offhand, because I don't want to make a mistake, but th- they did go up again. And um, you know, so when you know that it's getting worse every year, our fear was that when we were looking for resources, uh, there were so few. There was so there was nothing. Well, in our state, anyway, we we did, couldn't find very many resources. We did. We were lucky enough to find a grief therapist, and there are very few of those. And then there are very few therapists who specialize in suicide. And um, so we were horrified at the thought that other families would have to go through this alone. Hmm. And we thought, well, the the worst that we can do is just try to support them and let them know there's somebody out there that understands what they're going through. Um, And so that's when I, you know, started looking around for a support groups specifically, and there, there weren't none here. So I, I thought, we can do this. We can do this for people. I, I really believe that we could. And then um, as you reach out, it's like, you know, if you're in the grocery store, you see people going about their daily business, and you, you might see a man who's a rock star or somebody who's a wonderful pianist, and you're not going to know that about them because we yeah. don't wear who yeah. and what we are
0: right. on
1: our sleeves. And so you will probably have been standing beside somebody whose heart was breaking, and you had no idea.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, because of the stigma associated with suicide and the stigma associated with mental health issues, I think that's getting better, but it's, we're not where we need to be. Um, uh, you know, you just we just wanted to give these people somewhere safe to talk about what they had gone through. Somewhere safe to talk about their loved one. Because, you know, speaking of the, of the grocery store, initially when I went to the grocery store in a neighborhood that I had spent years and years living in, I knew the people who were trying to avoid me. And I, mm-hmm. and the people who were willing to come up to me and be uncomfortable with me. Um, but some people just don't know how to cope. They,
0: right. they don't know
1: how to address you. They don't know how to uh, talk about it. Mm-hmm. They don't know... They just don't know what to say and they're so deathly scared of making you sad. Well, or making you cry. But you know, I I was already sad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they right. couldn't yeah. make me any sadder. Yeah. Um I was already grieving so much. It couldn't you know, it it couldn't have got been any worse. So there isn't a wrong thing to say. Well I, I'll take that back. The, you know, some people are masters at saying the wrong thing, but there's very few <laughs> wrong things to say. Yeah, um, just say something. You know, right? probably the there. worst thing to say is they're in a better place. Well, you you know, a mother doesn't, you know, somebody who's just lost their wife or a mother who's just lost her son, they don't want to hear that. You right. know, um, you, may, you may really, really believe that they're in a better place, but a mother doesn't believe they're in a better place. And a, a husband doesn't feel like, this wife that he spent 47 years with is in a better place. So there are a few things, but typically, you know, sometimes you don't have to say anything. You just have to go give them a hug or put your hand on their shoulder. But you do find that people are uncomfortable around you. They don't know what to say to you. And so we offer a safe place for them to say their loved one's name because people try not to say their name around you anymore. And we want to hear their name. You know, I wanna hear about the time that you did this silly thing with my daughter or that you went on this trip with my daughter or that you remember her because she sent you a greeting card for every holiday of the year. You know, I want to hear those things because she, the worst thing for a suicide survivor to discover is that people are remembering this person that you loved and adored and he was a great member of your community and family And they're only remembered for their death and not for their life.
0: Yeah. You know, you want to hear that they're they're remembered for the the good things that they did and the life. that Absolutely. Those are the things that you remember as well.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: May we're running a little short on time. Unfortunately, Um, if people are struggling with this, where can they get resources? Uh, How do they, how do they access your organization loss?
1: Okay. So if you have lost a, a loved one to suicide, um, we have five locations with support groups. You can go to loss.care, loss.care. That is is L-O-S-S
0: dot care, right? L-O-S-S dot care.
1: Yes. And that's our website. And you will find, um, uh, they'll tell you where all of the five locations are in Utah. And it will also give you a few other resources. If you have lost someone to suicide, I would consider reaching out to AFSP. They have lots of, programs. They have out-of-the-darkness walks where suicide survivors can can meet and, and walk in honor of their loved one. They also have a, a Suicide Law Survivors Day in November that you'll find out on the AFSP website, and that's American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Um, you can reach out to your county health departments if you are actively suicide or thinking that you would like to leave. Uh, on one of the um, things that happens to suicide. Loss survivors is that we're at higher risk for suicide ourselves. It's a right. very common uh, symptom. And so if, at 988 is our national suicide hotline. So if you're actively suicidal, we also have a Facebook page. It's called Loss Loved One Suicide Survivor Support Group. We have lots of resources and articles on there that might make you feel more comfortable with your grief might help you feel like you're not going crazy and help you understand that there are other people out there that are going through similar things and um, we'll reach out and help you. Um, you know, that's what we're here for. We're just trying yeah. to support you and help you navigate your grief.
0: And knowing that you're not alone goes yeah. a long ways oh, as yeah. well. So
1: what a great thing. Yeah. To- May,
0: thank you for your, so awesome. for your work. Uh, as I said, this week is national suicide prevention week in the United States. Yeah. Uh, May has just shared several resources with Mm -hmm. us that are available. 988 is the National Suicide Hotline. Uh, Google is a great Mm -hmm. um, resource. Uh, Look up up Loss and see what resources they have available to you. Even if they're not available in your area, you might find additional information. So Loved Ones Suicide Survivors. Uh, look that up on Google and may thank you so much yes, for thank you. for having the courage to come out and, and visit with us and to help people and for the work that you're doing. Yeah. It's so yeah. important. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you. Wow.
0: That's big stuff, that right? Big stuff. Yeah, that's big it's stuff, but important. And we need very, to talk more about we it. Do, we need we to do. talk more about it. And uh, so we're trying to do that here. Yeah. And, and obviously may is doing that as well. Yeah. Uh, we are just about out of time. Just a couple of things to wrap up the show. I mentioned at the beginning of the show about volunteering yes. for the games Uh, seniorgames.net is where you find all that information. Um, I do want to put a plug in for our opening ceremonies Mm -hmm. as well. It's going to be a great show this year. It happens on Tuesday, October 10th at Mm -hmm. the Burns Arena. It's in a brand new venue. Uh There's new energy and the entertainment is provided by the award-winning BYU International Folk Dance Ensemble. So that's going to be a ton of fun. Once again, Tuesday, October 10th Mm -hmm. at the Utah Tech Burns Arena. And best of all, It's free. It's free. So bring everybody (laughs) with you. Next week, our guest is Kyle Zedgroski, who is the CEO of OsteoStrong. Uh, This is uh, a medical. The medical devices that are used at OsteoStrong were invented by Dr. John Jakish, uh, who was a doctor, and uh, he learned that his mother had osteoporosis, and he wanted to know the best way to help strengthen her bones. And so, um, Dr. Zedgroski will help us understand how people from all fitness levels whether you're a beginner or an elite athlete can increase your muscle and skeletal strength your joint function and reduce or eliminate joint and back pain and we want to remind you to tune in live next and every thursday at 5 30 p.m mountain time on am fourteen fifty or fm 93.1 for the huntsman world senior games active life we take this live show and turn it into a podcast and you can find this podcast anywhere that you find your favorite podcasts and then you can find this as well as previous shows right on our website at seniorgames.net so check Check that out. Today's inspirational thought comes from American author Maya Angelou. And she says People will forget what you said, people will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. Until next Thursday, stay active.